night. I think we live now. Now we're finally live. So I've said again, this is episode 54 of the Beat People Podcast. Uh, welcome to the show. And uh, got my man Ali. What up, brother? What's going on, brother? How you doing today? Good, good. And got Ken. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? Chilling, chilling. It's a good Saturday. Yeah, man. Um, show is. Yeah. So uh, interesting. I, I kind of feel like I want to say this because I was <laughs> when I just said this before we started. It is a realization. I was like, hey, ain't been no good um, groove box stuff. Because it seems like we always talk about modular kids. Like, but we just had the MC seven hundred seven and one hundred one. How often you want that? Point well taken. Good, good point, Ken. So okay, so it's been what a month now. Uh, do we think those things are taking off? Like, uh, maybe people would have thought. Um, I haven't really seen anybody using it like that i've seen like a lot of promo material but i haven't seen any like you know other people like i follow or anything like that messing with it actually yeah so maybe it's too early huh yeah i mean just a month uh, i don't know the smaller one looks like a better deal to me for some reason yeah i feel like that too uh, but are they even available? That's the one thing I don't know. Yeah, That's the, sure. I just went. I just went to. I'm literally uh, checking them out right now. I'm going on to uh, Chuck Levin's and um, and Sweetwater right now to look for them. Um, so MC seven oh seven. Where's it at? So I mean, you can you can buy it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so they out there. Yeah. Hmm. It says in stock, available for immediate delivery. So they're out there. But I, I think after, for one, it's it is still super early. Um, but yep. I haven't really seen, aside from like influencers, I haven't seen anyone using them that isn't really an influencer at this point. But right. that could be just because they're like maybe they're just now delivering. I don't know. And also, you yeah. know, it hasn't been out that long. So true. It's still, I it it. It still doesn't seem like something that I'm trying to grab. Um, and at that price point right now, like the current price point, so $1,000, um, looking at the realistic competition, meaning like people like me that are cheapskates, uh, I'm going to be looking at like used gear. And at that same price point, you can get like what? Like in a, an Akai Force at that same mm-hmm. price point. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would probably personally jump towards that before I jump towards the 707. Um, so I, I think it's still kind of, it sits in an interesting space and I still haven't seen it do enough, like crazy stuff that makes me like, Oh, I need that. Like, I haven't seen it do anything that made me like scream, yo, I need that. You know what I mean? You know what I think is going to happen though. Yeah. And I definitely know what you mean, but you know what I think is going to happen is I think, so I just looked, the 101 is not yet available, but the 707 is shipping already. I personally think the 101 is going to be a bigger seller. And since that ain't out yet, you just don't see a lot of them yet. But I think once yeah. that 101 has been out in that first year or so, we're going to start to see a lot of those popping up all over the place. My yeah. issue with that 101 better. is like, dude, if that thing had, and I'm probably going to speak incorrectly again, I need to look it up. But if I recall, it does not have direct sampling inputs on it, right? Like you got to right. You gotta, the the one on one does not. You, you yeah, so to me, like that ruins it. That hmm. that completely that to me makes it useless for me. Like I don't want 
it's the same reason why I would never buy like a Volca sample or anything like that. Like I don't want gear that I can't like if it's a sampler, I want to be able to sample into it. Like to me, that's right. It's completely that's the point. That's why I yeah. sold my rhythm, my rhythm MK1, and then ended up getting a rhythm MK2 was because I was like, oh, I can directly sample in this joint now. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, to me, gear that has a sampler feature in it and can't actually sample like from external sources because i know it can resample or whatever but like the it, i yeah I, it, it just not, doesn't do it for me that's yeah. not the business yeah. it's just not the work it's not the that. workflow that i want that's the, it's that's like the a, issue it's like a it's catering to a new form of to me it feels like it's catering to like Anybody that's uh, never really sampled off records and maybe came up sampling off YouTube and, and yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. it requires that you're connected to your computer and then you gotta sample through the USB and that seems yeah. kind of strange. But... Right, but you know, what if you want to record yourself knocking some wood blocks or something and put right. that? You yeah. know, no doubt. what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, you got to have your computer involved and a mic connected to the computer and yeah. do some routing and something weird. Yeah, that's too much so, work. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. However, I do like the form factor and all that stuff of that joint, so that's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. So, uh, hold on. There is Louder Than Liftoff. I don't know how many people out there know about Louder Than Liftoff, but... It's a um, the audio company that does like outboard gear, the processors, 500 series stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they have some plugins, but you know, color modules, op amp type stuff. Uh, the Silver Bullet is I'm gonna pull that up. The Silver Bullet is probably what they're most known for. And that's yeah, and at AES they announced the new joint. Yeah, and the, the new joint is, um, hold on, let me pull that up. I got it here. The dual tone? Yep. It's like a dual tone amp. And it is, what, on sale with them for fourteen ninety nine right now. And while my internet goes slow, I'll come back and try to see if I can share it. Well, well do y'all, so how y'all feel about that kind of stuff, outboard gear? At this point in the game, you know, with so much stuff being in the box, with so much being available in the box. I don't know. Uh, I think sometimes when you're dedicated to one thing, mm -hmm. it just comes out better. You know what I mean? To as far as in the box, when you're in the box, it has a lot going on. You know what I mean? There's so many options and things that wow. you can do but when you have one dedicated thing it just lets you focus in on that and 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 that's the that's the plus that i can say of dedicated stuff but mm -hmm. also in the box you have the option of switching and you know doing other stuff so I, i'm kind of one of those guys where it depends so like synths um although i enjoy the sound of of hardware synths um it's more the workflow thing Whereas when it gets to preamps, compressors, uh, outboard gear of that sort, I'm the opposite. It becomes about the sound. Um, and I don't like the the workflow as much working with exterior uh, preamps and that sort of thing. Like I, I'd rather just jack right into an audio interface and then have some plugins on it. I, like I like that workflow for, for doing that kind of stuff. 
but the sound of the external stuff for for processing signals like that i prefer um using external yeah. gear so and, it, that, and that's i think that's the big selling point of it that you know you get something like they even say the, the this has a thing a mode called mojo um process your two bus individual tracks of microphone sources through any combination of a and n mojo amps um so you get a lot of tone shaping with this joint uh sweeping tracks with a simple array of tone shaping options two band eq uh poltec inspired huh yeah tighten up extreme uh tighten up the extreme bottom end and slightly resonate uh slightly resonant with like a tape like tight filter uh smooth out digital top end it seems pretty damn appealing i'll tell you that <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean um, what's the uh, cost on it uh i think regular price is oh no i'm sorry I'm Ooh, two thousand that's the silver bullet i'm sorry that's not and the that's one yeah that's the stereo so if you share my screen i've got the uh i've got the chroma plus up so here it is so the the regular price is supposed to be 16.49 but it's the sale price right now the intro price pre-order price is 14.99 hmm. and so this what this is like a twin tone amp architecture and so it has that same mojo stuff in it like what we were just talking about like the silver bullet chroma plus is the only processor of its kind that allows you that enables the a or n sonics uh with a push button audition these type of signature sounds during session no longer requires repatching or swapping um and so stereo di with retro mode uh, and it's got the color modules yes, so that's that's thing, that's one of the main things filter. about it is that you can use color modules inside it yeah so you got a super filter color module a, a royal blue color module mass driver color module a fet filter color module and a rogue tech air color module now if <laughs> i'm if i'm correct these are the same color modules that work in the um in the color palette so you can put like the tape joint in there and all that other stuff too yeah this is dope so That's that dope. actually this seems a little more appealing the chroma plus seems a little more appealing than the silver bullet right um, even though the silver bullet is dope but the fact that you got all this optional stuff that you could throw in there it's probably only got two slots or something but still it's really dope yeah you can pick how you make it want it to sound yeah you could you could really you customize how how it sounds in here um yeah pulse color module a lot of really dope stuff and the modules are anywhere from 69 to 99 there's a couple of hundred and and uh nine dollar ones but most of them are like 69 dollars and 99 dollars for 79 dollars a that filter one is 79 dollars yeah and so where's the slots i don't see slots so let me ask you yeah. How how would you use something like this? This this would be at the end. Uh, uh, like how, how would you go about using this model? You could use it in a lot of ways. I would man. track through so, it. Yeah, exactly. You could track right. through it. You could send out and then back in. I mean, you could I would, use I would it even in a lot of ways. Like um, you know, processing after the fact. After you've mixed your joint, you got your two tracks. So basically, on a two track. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, cause you could throw it on as a two track on your, on your bus while you're mixing, you know, but I would even just process through it after the fact and be right. like, you know, I'm just, 
sending these tracks that I've mixed through this joint to to give it that extra oomph to color it a little bit. Yeah. You know? It looks like um it should accept I'm trying to find the exact info on it, but it should accept two color modules, but that's mainly because it's stereo. So, but it's stereo and it can also operate as dual mono or it can operate where you send, you know, one mono, mono channel into the other, uh, which is really dope. So, uh, so that means that you wouldn't, if you were using this as a stereo uh, in the way that Corey was just saying that you would need two of the same modules then. Yeah, yeah. So it says one analog plug-in slot per channel, which makes sense, you know. So you can have, so it has its own like hardwired built-in uh, drive circuit, and mm-hmm. then it has this plug-in slot, and there you can put in any one of those those color modules. And because it's stereo, there's one per channel, so you could have either two mono channels that had totally different color circuits in them, or you could put the same color circuit in each one, you know, whatever. But those color circuits are not expensive either. Yeah. So that you know, that's pretty dope. Um, I gotta say, man, this thing is like very, very, very appealing to me. Uh, because I've, I've also, uh, I've not used any of the louder than liftoff stuff, but everything I've heard from ev- every single person I've ever known who's ever used them swears by them. That's um, true. I, as a matter of fact, my next door neighbor, um, you know, he's a voiceover artist, and they have to be very critical. Like he's a broadcast voiceover artist, TV and all that kind of stuff. They have to be very critical about the quality of their sound because they could go from recording the voiceover to it being on TV as a Taco Bell commercial later today. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. But there ain't always time to run out to a studio. So he has like a gang of outboard gear. And he told me, he was like, listen, dude, I'm obsessed with all of this stuff. Like you're obsessed with modular. But if you could only get one thing out of all of this outboard gear, get the silver bullet by louder than liftoff and mm-hmm. i'm thinking that 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 was good advice and i'm, I'm thinking that this twin tone joint or the uh what are they calling it the chroma plus would be that thing for me i would throw that right in the rack beneath my apollo and it would be go to town time yeah that looks yeah. dope it's just like and the price is really nice on this one. So this one is only fourteen ninety nine, and that's for stereo. Yeah. You know, you're getting two, two louder than, and it's got basically it's got a lot of the um, silver bullet circuitry in it. So yep. I mean, it's yeah. This this actually might end up in my rack because I'm I'm building out for my new room, and this is something that just there's a lot there's a lot of value per dollar on this one, and value per rack space on it too. So um, yeah. I I can see this happening in my, in my setup. Yeah, that's dope. Yes, yeah, offering super definition, punch, low end girth, the uh, capture instrument level sources. Um, this DI probably should have been uh, its own product. So it has like stereo <laughs> DIs just built in that could be their own thing. That's you, really get, dope. you get up right, to 60 dB of, of gain, which, you know, there's there are there are ones out there that do higher than that. But I mean, 60 dB is plenty, you know? Yeah, because I right now I use my D box to like give my sound some color and stuff. And, you know, just. Mm-hmm. I would, I would definitely go with something like this. For, for those that are. Um, interested in those color modules um you can get that in both euro rack and 500 series um just the the color stuff uh the color palette i think they're actually i think they actually stopped making those but you could still find them around 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I've never seen those, like the color I'll, modules. I'll pull one up real quick. Um, yeah. It's actually pretty dope. Uh, yeah, because it was the color palette module that was that used. And this is the same stuff because it says you get them from the DIY recording equipment, whatever that site yeah. is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, first they came out with the 500 series and then they did a Eurorack version of it as well. Um, I'm going to, yeah. I'll share my screen real quick so you can yeah. uh, peep the game over here. Hold on. Here we go. All right. You see this? So this is on uh, DIYrecordingequipment.com and this is their, their color page here, right? So you can still get these. So the 500 series MK2, it starts at 150. Um, and then you can you can add in all these different um, color <laughs> models for them, and they have different bundles that you can do as well. But I mean, there's all these different; these will all work in that, you know. Yo, let's can we talk about 500 series for a second, man? Have y'all yeah. ever uh, dived into that? Like, man, I've I've avoided it and thought about it and avoided it. Yeah, because I feel too. like it's another rabbit hole. <laughs> So, so here's why I've avoided it primarily, right? Uh, for a while, I've avoided it. It's looking like I'm not going to avoid it anymore. Um, the the new studio, I think I am going to have a fairly decent size 500 series setup. But one of the main reasons why I didn't go that route for a while is because essentially it's like having 19-inch rack, um, but your power supply is being shared across them all. So to me, I was like, well... You know, you can buy the rack units for most of this stuff and not share power supply and not have to worry about that. Um, you know, about power draw and, you know, it's similar issues that you can have with your rack. But admittedly, the 500 series standard is is more robust. Um, right. So it didn't fully draw me up until recently. And now it seems like a lot of stuff that's coming out in 500 series is not coming out in 19 inch rack format. And it, it is kind of a cool format to have. There's a lot of um, a lot better uh, 500 series rack units that are coming out now, uh, meaning cases for the 500 series. So, and there's a lot of really cool options with those cases. Like some of them have summing mixers built in. Some of them have uh, you know audio interfaces built in. There's all kinds of different uh, options on that front. So it's I think it's something that in, in the new studio I. I I'm going to set aside a small area for, for some 500 series. Um, probably, probably like eight spaces, something like that, between eight and 10. Um, Damn, yo, that's a lot. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not that many when you really think about what's stereo. being. Stereo. Well, yeah, stereo and really what's being done with it because more than anything, it's probably going to be used like for um, drum mic setups and, you know, things of that nature. So, um, you know, but using that in combination with 19-inch rack gear, um, you know, you can get a decent bang for the buck. So that that'll probably be um, the the plan there. So and there's there's some cool stuff in 500 series that's just you know really really tempting, um, and, and to have the form factor of it being like you know really accessible on your desk as opposed to um, you know it's all set in the patch bay and you mm -hmm. know which that's really my own personal issues of being disorganized. Ken. Yo. I'm just looking at your screen. Man, what's up with the uh, Behringer on the floor back there and those keyboards on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Look, look, I just look back like, let's make sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, why is it on the floor, bro? Like, your gear is on the floor. That all ties right back into what I was just saying, which um, I would kind of prefer if Corey put us back to the screen that we have. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Boom. it, it kind of... <laughs> It kind of goes back to what I was saying in that I'm building a new studio. So, yeah. you know, the, the new studio nah. is, is... Oh, the studio's coming along beautifully, too. Yeah, the new studio is just outside of this room. And it's, you know, it's a decent size. But this room that I'm in now is not a decent size. And testing gear and, and going between different products, it's, yeah, that, that kind of thing happens. So, so when you're moving over, when you when you plan to be done... Well, the ceiling is supposed to be up this week, uh, which it's looking like it's going to go into the early part of next week. Um, and then I still have to do the floor. Then once the floor is done, I can get towards finishing and all that stuff. Electric, electrical's done. Insulation's done. Uh, all that good stuff done. Walls are pretty much up and, and good, aside from spackling. But uh, And then once I finish the room, I then I got to get on to the, the base trap build, um, which... Uh, three of my corners are going to have rather large base traps built into them, um, from, you know, ceiling to floor and I'm building custom diffusers as well. Uh, so I'll have some custom diffusers and custom absorption on there. Cool. So I'm hoping within the next, like really by the end of November, I want it like, I want to have my gear in there, like by the end of November. Um, and but it'll actually be finished, finished in December. Okay. Cool. Hopefully. Fingers well, crossed. That's dope, man. You made a lot of progress in a short amount of time. So Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, keep in mind, this is a room that's been built from scratch. So it's like, you know, frame, custom framing and everything. Like, you know, exterior door, put it on the inside of my house, all that stuff. So yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a long-term thing. But, you know, the family comes first. So there's been a lot of other stepping stones that have gone on. All right. Yeah. Let's Man. talk about that thing. Cause I'm, I'm going to pull something yeah. else up on my screen, Corey, that, that will okay. go right along with this. Yeah. I was just looking about looking at this. This is, this looks really dope and I'm about to start mixing a lot of music. So, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, this I might think, be right up your alley. Then. Yeah. And people have been wanting this for a long time. So, um, is it compatible with everything though? Or do you need I don't I don't know a whole hell of a lot about it. Um is with any doll? I will hope. So yeah, you, you throw that you throw the console one plug in across each channel. Um and then you know it sets up like that, which I don't use console one at this point. Um, but I'm interested in it. And you know, I, I have a lot of friends who swear by it. Um you know, Mike from Pad Bangers, he loves console one and uses it all the time. Um, Dope. The fact that it didn't do the fader stuff before was kind of a put off to me. And it was funny because literally the week before this came out, I was I was talking about that. And then I saw this thing drop and I was like, oh, man, that's amazing. So I'm in the same position as Ali. Like uh, we're both, you know, getting ready to do, do albums and deal with more mixing and all that stuff. So I. I was like, yo, I need hands-on fader control for my mixing. That's how I like to do it. Yeah. And it got me looking at that. And what what was the price point on that again? Six nine nine. Five ninety nine. 
Yeah, but I think in the U.S. it's six ninety nine. Oh, is it? No, it says five hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, you might want to be careful about that because they sent an email about it. Hold on, let me pull the email up. Oh, okay. They sent a, a correction email about this. So yeah, look, it says works with all major dolls straight out of the box. No MIDI mapping required. Yeah, but you got to throw that plugin across to everything. So, okay, so does it come with the plugin? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, that's all. Okay, so wait, you got to throw the plugin on every single channel? Yeah, so console one is basically it's like it's emulating like vintage consoles and stuff on it. Like, right. Um, I mean, what does it do to processing for all them damn plugins at? On the device or on your computer? On your computer. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, that could get a little flaky. Well, well I mean, if you don't have powerful your computer. Yeah, I mean, nowadays yeah, you should be all right. right. It could, it could, it could be okay. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But if that's what you're using, and then you, uh, you know how it gets when you mix it and you get plug in crazy or you, wow. you got a lot going on. Did you see the other one? Like the, uh, okay, okay. So this one is the console one and it has the knobs on it too. And and they both go yeah, together, they're, I guess. They're, yeah, they're two separate pieces. The, the knob one came out first, okay. right? So that lets you do your EQ and everything right there. And it's like, it's like having a physical. Um, a physical console, but it's plug-in. Right. So it gives you that hands-on control of your of your console, even though it's a virtual console. And you could switch your compressors and your uh, and your like EQs and and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I have to look into this. So uh, let me. Oh, here it is. So soft tube. Pro, uh, you see it on there, Holly? Okay, here it is. Yeah. So U.S. map yeah. price is six nine nine. It says. Thanks so much for your enthusiasm around Console Fader 1. We want to clear up any confusion that may have caused our official press release and pricing. Quoted RRP of $599 is the international price, but the USA price, including tariffs, is $699. But that's I, just for the Fader joint, right? I'm not even going to get into the political aspect of this. Yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's that. But yeah, so thanks to tariffs, it's $699 in the U.S. Thanks, tariffs. Right. Mm -hmm. Punch yeah, tariff in the mouth. Six ninety nine for that, and then for the other piece. Yeah, how much is the? I'm guessing there's another six ninety nine. Uh, oh, uh, that's bad, yo. Why y'all show me this? So, anyways, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Here's what I wanted to uh to explain though. Um, it's five forty nine. That one. Okay. So let me share. Let me share this real quick. Uh, pull up my screen. Chow, there we go. So this is another option for if you don't want to have the plugins taking up any space like that, and depending on what doll you use, also is also going to dictate some some other nice things about it. But Presonus has their Fader Port Eight for five nine and nine, and that's so this ugly though. Like, so here's the thing about this though: the differences are one, you don't have to throw the plugin across everything with this, um, but if you use it with Studio One, it really, really seamlessly interacts with, with Studio One. It'll work with all your other dolls also. But here's some of the things that I like about this. It has the scribble, scri scribble strips above each fader, which I love that. Now, in, in the console one, that stuff is on your screen. So, like, you know, you would see with the uh, user interface on your uh, computer... 
that's where you would see your scribble strip. Whereas on this, it's right there. I, I kind of prefer it laid out like this. Um, I don't know, Ken. That's just ugly to me compared to the other. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be an aesthetics difference, but I'm talking more about functionality here. And for me, like, I'm all about, like, you know, functionality. But I'm not saying one's better than the other. Like, let's not oh. get into that. I'm just yeah. saying I'm looking at the competition. Like, which one am I going to go for? So my thing is how good that plug-in sounds because is it like waves level? You know what I mean? Oh, soft tube stuff is amazing. Like I'll be the first person to tell you that. Like yeah. I love soft tubes uh plugins. They it sound looks nice too. I mean, it's a nice size and everything. If yeah, like the, you know, it's a nice it, size. It, and... it gives me a modular feel. Yeah. I would say that soft tubes plugins are probably like in my top three as far as like sound quality wise. Right, right. They are really, really I mean Damn man. I wish y'all wouldn't have shown me this today. And Shazam's in here saying that it's very light. Uh, we uh, didn't. I don't. I don't want to take the blame for that. You seen this in your sleep, Abracadabra. Yo, <laughs> you know, you know, I canceled that order on that uh, on that uh, Black Noir too. So yeah, I'm yeah. Like, uh, maybe this is why I canceled it. Right here, no doubt. Yeah. The the thing about this that has me um has me interested though is I like the small form factor of it. Like yeah. that is pretty, you know, that's pretty interesting. And then, um, I'm pretty sure it does all your transport control right on there too. Right. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. This just play stop. Looks like, yep. It's all there. Now the, 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 so all the transport, control, the transport control on the fader. So just over a thousand dollars. You could have this set up right here for mixing. Yeah. The transport control, yeah, and if you go to Sweetwater, it says six nine nine for it. So uh, yeah. for that fader one, but yeah, the transport control on the uh, on the Personas one, I think, looks a little bit nicer to me. It looks okay, but it's a little bit larger. And you paid a thousand dollars for both of them. Is what mm -hmm. plugins is it coming with? That's my question. It's that That's console one for. suite. So the console one is just a suite. It's it's included everything, like all the different compressors and. EQs and stuff like that? Or is it just yeah. one compressor that comes with it? One EQ? So it comes with two uh, component model console emulations. All right. Um, what's the... I'm trying to see the other stuff. But, but yeah, it's basically like having two, two consoles that you can switch between. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I may have to try it, though. Um, yeah. Wait. So, two analog. It says two analog console emulations, tube and discrete, and is compatible with Soft Tube's Console One expansions, such as American Class A, British Class A, SSL, XL, nine thousand K series. So, like, there's expansions that you can pay more for as well. And apparently, Siri wants to get in on the action. Okay. Um, so, but I couldn't use like my my Wave plugins that I already have with this thing. You could still keep them on your channel strip. I don't know how you would. Yeah, set I think up, you could put them on your channel, your channel script. Right, but, but I couldn't control them. And then those will be the separate plugins. Right, but you couldn't control them, right? With oh, this. I don't know. That's a good question. What I really want to know here's here's the thing that I really want to know, and this is kind of a useless topic on here because I just don't have it. So, like, I'm speaking from a, a question standpoint with no answers. What I want to know is, um. Can I use other fader controllers 
you know, with console one in the same way? And if so, then, you know, what's aside from the form factor, is there any benefit to me getting this or should I just get the personas and have the personas control the, the console one knob portion? You know what I mean? Like, right. is it, you know, is it completely interacting in both ways? I don't know. So I got to look into that and I'll probably know more about it next week. Um, Cause I am actively looking into this stuff and I'll probably end up in the next like two months. I'll probably end up buying one of these solutions. I just don't know which one yet. Yeah. So it's interesting. I want to just call out and point out Shazam, the iPad producer uh, that's in the chat. He is definitely uh, a, a fan of, of this joint, the console one. Yeah. He says nothing sounds like it. It sounds better. It's better than the theta port. He has both fader port and console one. Which fader port does he have? Is he saying it in there? Because I have I had the fader port one, but that's not that's nothing like the fader port eight and sixteen, you know. Which that's the other thing is that they do have a fader port sixteen. Which if you really want to have a lot of faders, you know, you can go that route. So. Yeah, but the with this one, you can just scroll down, right? Like, yeah, there's I mean, a scroll. You can yeah. Bank over, yeah, you can yeah, bank. Yeah. Over. Yeah. So I'll, I'll show the uh, I'll show this other one real quick. Now, the sixteen is is also a thousand dollars. So uh, mm. here it is right here, it, Corey. If you want to share that, so there's the fader port sixteen. Man, my Sweetwater account was just going down, B. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh. and confirm it does have transport on the console one. Yep. Yeah, I saw, I saw it on there. It's it's kind of tiny, whereas on, like to me the the fader port sixteen looks more like a a dedicated mixing area, whereas the um the faders for the uh, console one are are just are much more compact, which is not not a bad thing. It's just a different workflow, you know. What I mean, it's like one is more relaxed and you have this huge surface for it, and the other one is like, hey, you can have this mixing surface plus you can still have your other gear, you know, which is cool. Yeah, Fader Port 1. I have a Fader Port 1 also. Uh, Shazam's in the chat here talking about the Fader Port 1. Um, the Fader Port 1 is not really the same as having a Fader Port 8 or Console 1 Fader. Um, I have the Fader Port 1. It's it's okay, I guess, but I, I don't like it. It doesn't give me... To me, it doesn't do much different for me than a mouse does. Like, it's just one Fader. I need at least at least four Faders when I'm mixing like that. Like More often than not, I'm, I'm mixing three channels at once in relation to each other. So, yo, I want to jump over to this thing. I'm going to share it right now. I don't know much about it, but I wanted to jump over to it. But just before I want to take, see that, that, that does look good, but I'm going to take that out there. <laughs> Hold on. Um, let me share my screen because I really don't even, the Strata. Okay, there's this joint mm -hmm. called a Strata here it's on Kickstarter. A new way to play with Ableton Live. And I don't think I've seen this one yet. Let's see. Okay, I'm just gonna scroll up through here. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Envision Sound Technologies is a music, uh, musician producer tech startup formed to bring uh, the first public uh, the, the first product public called Strata, next generation control system for Ableton Live nine and ten. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on Kickstarter, and it looks it, crazy. It looks wild, yo. Hold I'm looking look at it, and and 
while I like having some larger pads on there it, with a mix of the smaller pads also, um, man, I, I don't know. It, it's I, confusing almost. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's one of those things you, where you have to learn it, but. Yeah, I'm trying to get a good picture of it so we can pull up a really good picture. Yeah, these pictures at, don't look great. I'm looking at the uh, – I'm on Matrix Synth looking at it, and I'm like – I don't know, man. It, it's not really – it's not really jumping out for me. Like, And Grant, I'll be the first person to tell you, like, I'm not uh, a big Ableton user. I'm trying to get myself to use Ableton more. Um, but – yeah, I mean the push two is is a great controller for Ableton. Um, I don't really like the smaller pads don't really bother me that much, so this thing doesn't really. I don't know. I I don't know that if that I would like this thing more than a push two. Can you see that? Yeah. So yeah, they're on here talking about it. Um, it's interesting that they're comparing it, you know, I don't know. It looks different. Yeah. It's a little little odd for me. And, like, all of those knobs at the top, it's, like, it's too many next to each other. How would you figure out, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, almost I, like, I, I, yeah, it's not for me. I'll be honest with you. It's just, so, I, it's almost like what it looks like they did is they, you know, added 16 pads of like a typical so NPC sort of thing. Uh, then they, you know how you get those uh, specialized keyboards for like video editing and, and even yeah. they have them for all the DAWs. That's what it looks like so that you got all the shortcuts as a button and then you got all those knobs to control different things. That looks like a lot, you know. What's it going for? Uh, early 500, I think. 550 regular. Yeah. Interesting. Well, they're getting a lot of press for it. I mean, they've, they've been on all the major players. and They showed this at, at NAM, Summer NAM. So I'm sure they'll be at regular NAM. Uh, regular NAM. Winter NAM. <laughs> this, this the NAM that people regular. care about. <laughs> yeah. The, the for real NAM. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I. That's not. Yeah. No, when is that? Actually, uh, Nam? Yeah, or January. 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 End of, end Late of January. January. Okay. End of January. Cali, right? Yep. yep. Anaheim. Uh, I'll be there. I'll see you or, there. Do I have to get a special pass to come or no? Yeah, especially yeah. for you. Like, uh, we you know, talk, bro. They, yep. they 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 yep. tend to block out Ali like they're like nah you can't come in here. Where we yeah yeah you got they got your picture they had your picture up last year Ali like yep. no yep nah. <laughs> <laughs> do not let this man in <laughs> put your put your Sweetwater card at the door. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right, I'm gonna pull this this joint down out of here. So yo let's uh let all right so. It seems to be in the crew. There's a lot of modules that have their their airtime with us for, you know what I'm saying? Like they'll be the hot module within the the the, the polos that we on. So I'm yep. curious. There's a few modules that's coming in and out of people's labs. What's the latest joints y'all got coming or have had? Uh, let's see what we got going on. So Ken, you got what is that? The Delta set? Hold on, yeah, I'm going to try and focus. There we go. Okay, there it goes. So, I don't know how well you can see this stuff. Maybe I'll stand it up. Hold on. Uh, current situation. 
uh, this is so a lot of the times I like to put my modules in this two row um, so that I can get more familiar with stuff and have some fun with it. Uh, right now, the primary players is the Radical Technologies Delta Sep A and still the ER301, which is like, man, this thing is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, I just updated it. I've been so focused on sound design and whatnot of Hydrosynth that I haven't really had time to do the module stuff like normal. Uh, so I'm just now kind of getting back to that. So I updated the ER301 with the latest firmware and it added a ton of stuff like wavetable oscillator and bunch of new envelopes, a lot of new effects, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so I've been using it and uh, the Delta Sep is like, so the Delta Sep A, it got it got like module and mono synth of the year at NAM and it got all these awards and the thing is is like even with all that being said because it sounds really good right oh it sounds better than really good from what i've been hearing it, it, yeah but the thing is is that it's deceptively deep like i haven't done like a youtube video or anything like that on it yet because i'm still learning like mm -hmm. to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into it and Yo, they just released an update for it to version 1.5, like literally just the other day. So now it's got, um, in addition to the delay, uh, what's it got? It's got tape, delay, chorus, phaser, and flanger. It also has reverb in addition to that. So mm -hmm. being like you could still be using those effects, but you can have reverb going on at the same time. Um and you do that just by holding down the paraphonic button and and adjusting the the effect knobs and you'll be a, adjusting the reverb um so they added that they added a bunch of like behind the scenes routing so like you can send the lfo anywhere you want you can send the, the envelope anywhere you want without needing a patch cable they did like all this extra stuff in there man and i'm still like i'm like slow down dude i'm trying to catch up so that's been that's been my jam lately is messing with the Delta Sepe and just uh really kind of digging into it as much as possible. That's dope. Um let me ask you though. I was at I was at Perfect Circuit and I picked up that Delta Sep A and it was heavy, bro. I mean it's sitting there looking like yeah. you know it's about the size of say the Mother 32 or something like that. So but that that, that joint is heavy day. like that happened the other day in regards to what Ali just said about um about the the neutron that was on the floor over there um so they're about the same size physical but the neutron in its case is lighter than the delta sep a is with no case on it like it's mm -hmm. it's crazy like the metal panel on it the knobs everything on it it's built really thick yeah, and yeah it, it it's a heavy module and so it's a heavy module but that means it's really I, I felt it. It's built really well. It's a it's a dope build. There's no ricketiness about that thing. But here's the other thing. Um, we know people that have put the model D, the Behringer Model D in their cases, and it totally sucks up all the power and kills stuff <laughs> if you're not yeah. if you're not careful. How's that thing on the power when you rack it in your euro? Rack? Um, I forgot the exact numbers, but it's really not that bad. Um it's, yeah. it's it's not, not a thousand milliamps. <laughs> no, it's, it's not as it's not as bad. I want to say it was like 
Oh God, what was it like five? Hold on, actually, I have the I do have the manual right here. I forgot I had the PDF for it up. Um, I'll I'll tell you in a second. You guys, you guys, talk amongst yourselves. So, All right. So yeah. for me, um, I have a Mordax data coming because I really need to be able to see what's going on with my like my waveforms. You know what I mean? Um, I just feel like that's gonna give me uh more power over controlling and you know just controlling my modulations and stuff like that seeing exactly where i need to be visually i think is going to help me a lot um i almost well i did grab a uh what the hell endorphins uh black noir the other day but i canceled the order i'm gonna probably order it again next week i was i i woke up the next morning after i ordered it and i'm like man I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I don't know. But okay, I got you know, the numbers here for you. All right, what's them? All right, so 12 volt is 140 MA, uh, negative 12 volt is 80 MA. So not what? Much. That's it? That's it. 140? 140. In 80? Yep. That's right off of their manual, man. And he even gives you um he even gives you like power calculations and stuff on this thing. So yeah. Oh. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I just haven't been seeing what's up, D still. I just haven't been seeing um anything that I'm like, oh, I need that right now. Like right now. But you know, I think uh that ER three oh one needs to be in my setup, man. Makes makes one of us, because I'll be honest with you, that Rossum uh that the Linneus filter. Ooh. Yeah. I want that, man. I, I haven't really linius... paid much attention to it. Dude, I, man. You know what I tell yeah. I can tell you. I kind of, uh, and I haven't mentioned it, but I kind of regret uh, getting rid of the assimilator. Really? Yeah, I kind of liked it, man. When I looked that's at, because when you I, haven't got, that's because you didn't get a 301 to replace it. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Right. <laughs> but it sounds so good. You know what I mean? There were some things that were kind of quirky about it. But it just really sounded really nice. Um, but I mean, I don't regret it enough to go get another one. So, right? <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? I'll I'll just say this: like I, I keep <laughs> I looking at Zoya. that thing. Yeah, I keep looking at that uh, at the assimilator, and psh, man, then I then I start messing with the 301, and it just flies right about out. It after that, right? But that Linus is dope, man. Like that thing. That's the first, like one of the first unique filters that I've seen in a while that really like piqued my interest. There's there's a couple out there that are kind of getting me excited. Like the stereo dipole looks really dope. Uh, I'm a filter, I'm a filter nerd. Like I love good filters. So stereo dipole looks really dope. Linus looks really dope. Um, stereo dipole is definitely dope. That's my I'm still waiting to see what's up with that one from Zeta Ohm. That uh, he's got a dual peak filter that looks really cool. That's also stereo. Yeah, I thought he was closer to coming to market with it. Yeah, I've seen it in Berlin. It it was pretty dope. I I gotta I gotta reach out to Tenkai and see what's up. But uh, that thing looks really nice. Um, It's like a switching filter. It's like he wants you to like switch filters in the it's like i don't know there was some weird i don't know if y'all can bring up the pit let me see if i can bring up the picture but it, it was like it's up on modular grid i believe yeah there was some weird like switching mode where it would scan through the filter types hmm. and hey we talked about that phono cut last week right i can't find it phono cut yeah that 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 turntable 
uh, that that cuts records. Uh oh, we didn't talk about that last week. Hold on, we didn't talk about. Hold on, I don't. I because we talk so much on Marco Polo that I, I forget yeah. what the heck we bring up here. I'll share my screen real quick. So and this, look, this is off. Jump off though, I want to say like uh, uh, Ali was talking about the Black Noir. Yeah. And Aaron Afrorack, for those that know, have been talking to me about Black Noir for months, especially yeah. over the summer and stuff. And still. And still, but Aaron has really been like. You would think he invented this joint. <laughs> He's been all over it like that. Yeah. One good video from uh from Steel after he got it this week, and I knew I had to have it. That was just yeah. it's a rap that that needs to be there. Yes, it's dope module. Okay, I'm so on. so what what the re the biggest reason why I canceled that order is because I didn't know if I was gonna like that snare enough for me to spend. $500 on a module that's all set sounds. Yeah. But I heard another video from D Still and I was like, right. Goodness. It's a whole nother deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> goodness. Because I wanted to hear that snare, man. Like all, everything else, I know oh, the kick on. sounds good. I know all the other percussion sounds good. But the snare was my thing. It's like, can I make this fit into my music? You know what I mean? Because it's more of a, like, you know, uh, uh, old school, like, D still was saying like uh what was it a seven seven oh seven? Not mm -hmm. yeah. Oh no, no, he, he not not the seven oh seven, it's a, it was something else. Yeah. I can't remember what he said though. C R seven. Yeah. C R seventy eight. Yeah, C R seventy eight. There we go. Uh so, yeah, I yeah, nice. he had some really dope stuff and I think they did such a dope job with the with the effects on there and so that's the thing. I was planning on getting the Milky Way mm -hmm. uh, with their effects, with Endorphin's effects, but when I realized all those effects are on the um, the the Black Noir, yeah. it didn't make sense. It was kind of like, oh, well, why just buy the effects if I'm also interested in the drums? This is just be, just put that money towards it and you get two for one kind of. Yeah, see, for me, I have the Grand Terminal, so I have those effects already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have their whole new lineup that's coming out in the Black. I mean, in the Grand Terminal right now. So it has the 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 dual uh, the function generator, the effects, uh -huh. the filter, and yeah, that's that's pretty much their breakout. I mean, there's a couple extra modules like the power and stuff like that, but their new line of modules is pretty much the Grand Terminal broken into pieces. So. I already know that I like their stuff, so yeah, man, it's 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 coming through. Yeah, they seem to be killing the game right now. I pulled up the uh, so this is the Zeta Ohm ZM yeah, there it goes. Um, stereo morphing filter. So this one looks really interesting to me too. Um, so this one, which isn't out yet, and stuff that's not out is always interesting, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I heard it. I heard it in Berlin, so it, it was it was a pretty dope filter. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 weird though. It's it's different. I'll yeah, say that. and that's that's why I like it. And and it's the same with the um. What, with what the makes linear. it weird though? I'm, all right, I'm, so yeah. you see all of these lights here, right? Like yeah. in the middle. So I think there's a CV that allows you to switch to like comb through the different filter types. Oh. While like with CV, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So. That's dope. And it like switches them on the fly and you can switch them rhythmic rhythmically and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. 
Yeah, like he he did a lot of work on it behind the scenes, and and I had talked to Tenkai a good bit about what he was working on, and and he had shown me some really early things, and it's it's got me very interested. So, um, this thing looks really dope. Linus looks really dope. Stereo dipole looks really dope. Like there, uh, most of the filters that are really kind of getting my interest right now are these stereo filters that are kind of doing multiple things. The Linus is interesting to me in the fact that. Because it's through zero, you can do things with the resonance that you're not really doing um, with most typical filters in keeping keeping a specific tone, but modulating around it and kind of doing some interesting things. So, um, and I really I have the evolution. I love the evolution. Uh, I I wish it was more ergonomic, but you know the the Linus looks a little bit better ergonomically than than the evolution, in my opinion. Um, and I, I see sweeter than anything's talking about uh, the Morpheus in there. That's the other filter from them that uh, I would really like to have as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. No, it's not the same as as a morphing filter from from Buchla, I don't think. I think it's it's a pretty different um, type of morphing, really. Um, yeah, that, like that ZMF. That's pretty interesting. I'm I'm interested now. I mean, I remember him seeing it, but. When you all are talking about the way morphing through different types of filters, and it sounds and you really get these dual peaks out of it. Is this just a prototype look, or is it how it's going to look? Because that is that's the a, prototype. That's a vast departure from, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's from the Luxus one. Yeah, I think it's a prototype. Okay. Yeah, but even so, I don't, I don't think he's gonna. He's not gonna go that far. I think he's trying to make this one a little bit less uh, overstated, as as we'll say. For the but at the same time, though, I hope he at least keeps the black panel and gold trimmings going. Uh, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to, because I think that uniformity makes sense. And yeah. I guarantee you, if he has that black panel gold uh, uh, writing on it, and then when you see that sitting next to the Fluxus one, I feel like people will be like, oh, Fluxus, people that didn't like the Fluxus one's look might be right. like, oh, Fluxus one makes sense. Now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I want to see this in, in, in kind of black and gold or black, you know, like, yeah, yeah I, I want it in a dark panel, but I, I don't really, I don't know, panels don't bother me all that much, like, they bother some people, so it's not. Well, yeah, it definitely bothers some people, because some people was bombing on the Fluxus 1, and you know what's messed up about that? It's because the Fluxus 1 is really dope, and... People can't get beyond what it looks like. That thing is so back. slow. Yo, it's one of the coolest looking modules. How can you like hate on it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah people do, man. People do, and modules. I love it. And when I, I use mean, it, it's inspiring to look at. Like when it's in your case, like it, it's an inspiring module to touch, and it feels good on your hands. Like the right. way it actually does. It actually I does think I think people just really love the sterile hospital look. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is for real. Like, like people, get some flavor, some coolness in there, man. And I like that he brought that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, so is this is something that came up in a good way to me. This is something that came up on our Marco Polo, man. Uh, so we were talking about a, a recent module that I said, you know, I'm not usually one to criticize module panels, but I find like horrible. And I really don't like the mimeophone panel. Like, I really don't like it. And it's not so much that it's got that typical make noise scribble all over the place so much it, as it is there's certain aspects of the panel that I think are purposely obtuse. Like, there's certain things on the panel, certain markings on the panel that are designed to make you be like, oh, what's that? Like, I don't understand that. 
And I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like you trying to make people be like, what the hell? So like there's in the lower left hand corner of it. Let me pull that thing up. There's uh, some there's some marks on it. Oh, man, I got I got water from my whiskey on my trackpad. So it wasn't working. Water from my whiskey on my trackpad. It was from the bottle. It was condensating because I had the bottle. Cold. I got water from my whiskey <laughs> on my trackpad while I was busy. Some. <laughs> That's oh my god. Country song. <laughs> That's gonna be a hit, man. I don't care what you say. Hey, listen. I'm gonna say the same thing that I said to Steel. You're culturally appropriating bad music. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where is it at? Make noise. Uh, and, and the reason I should also clarify the reason why this module came up in discussion on Marco Polo was because, uh, ski beats has sold his, um, his Magneto. I can't believe and, it. And said that he's getting what he wanted from Magneto out of the mimeophone quicker and, and more directly. Yo, I'm not going to front. Share my he screen. It's not the first person I've heard say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and and, cool. and when when that person told me, somebody told me the same thing, and I was like, "Damn, word, maybe I should check it out." And then if that's the case, I could sell a Magneto. Then the person kind of backed it back and said, "Well, I don't want to be reason you selling your Magneto." Right, <laughs> right. I so, mean, look, my Magneto's never going anywhere. But when I went to Superbooth and I seen uh, what's what's the make noise dude? Uh, Tony. Yeah, I seen Tony messing with this thing. I wasn't impressed, and maybe it was because of the. It wasn't like maybe it was the presenter and not the module. Right, right. Because yeah, it depends. Because because I mean, sometimes at those conferences, there's a very, you know, the music that's made is a certain taste, right? And if it's it, not your taste, it may not display the module in the best way. Right. It was like some blips and bloops and stuff. So yeah. I mean, like you know, that's cool, but it didn't. I did. It didn't sound super cool to me. You know what I mean? For four hundred dollars, I was like, uh. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, and uh, I think yeah, you guys can see my mouse. So this area right here is ridiculous to me because it doesn't really give you a great um, indication of what's going on from the panel, and it just looks like a mess on the panel to be a mess on the panel. Um, you know, part of me is like, oh, cool. It almost looks like somebody like let some graffiti kid go nuts on a panel, right? But that's the typical panel for make for, Sure, but it's so overly busy that it, like, you know, all these little lines in here. And it's because it's so it, small. It's so busy on such a small panel that it's like, man, it just looks to me like like it's obtuse for the sake of being obtuse. But that being and i'm i'm one of the weird people who actually enjoys like the way maths looks for instance mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i actually like the, the way the model blog looks like so it's not that i i like i like the whole like led shining through the panel thing that they have going on here mm -hmm. but it's i don't know man just something about this looks it just looks like somebody went nuts with one of those white ink pens on a panel and just didn't care i i don't know so it's just and don't don't get it twisted. It's not enough to prevent me from wanting to buy one. Like, so is this really a delay or is it? A yeah, it's a delay. Like, it, yep. it is a delay. It, it was it was uh, sort of modeled on a couple of different uh, types of delays that are out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it can do some things that are not typically delay functions, but 
at the core, it's, it's a delay that does a few different types of delays. So like something like a tape delay, something like a, uh, you know, certain kind of digital delay. They interviewed, um, what's his name? I'm sorry, they, I forget his name, that works with them and does all that delay stuff. He did the morphogene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of his name, but they interviewed him. Tom Herb? Yeah, yeah, Tom Herb. He talked specifically about the, um, the the types of delays he modeled it on. And one was a, a, a 301, the, the Roland, you know, 301 joint. Another one was a digital 19-inch rack delay that had some interesting characteristics. And then he added some stuff in there that was just kind of, you know, like some weird buffering things and zone stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely a delay, but it does some stuff that's not really characteristic of a delay, too. I just feel like it's a, it's a tad pretentious for what it is. You know what I mean? Like the panel design. That being said, I still want one. I still want to mess with it. Um I don't know. The price point on it, I'm not sure that I love. I I really enjoyed the Magneto a lot. And if, you know, if Ski's telling me, like, yo, like, I sold the Magneto for this thing because it gets me there, I'm really interested uh, to – to see how I like it because I had the Magneto – I had the Magneto in my rack for a while, um, and I really enjoyed it. So – and I've been considering buying another one. So – I may have to try this first and see if I if I like it more or not. But I was really surprised by that when he was like, "Yo, I like this more than the the Magneto." Yeah, I was surprised too. Like, damn. Yeah, so that that is very surprising. <laughs> but it's like I said, he's not the first person I've heard say it. And to that point, one thing that I can say about Magneto, I think Magneto is a mess under the panel. And it's a huge module. If I could get even approximate to Magneto at half the space, that's a big thing because yeah. you know Magneto takes up a lot of space for a live yeah, case. Huge. Like a yeah. studio case, good. But for yeah. a live case, it kind of takes up a lot of space. True. So yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah, I, it's it's got a nice. It's the Mimia phone has a nice form factor to it. Um, mm-hmm. The the Magneto kind of, I was put off by how big it was, but when you actually use it, it's so like well spaced and yeah, I, I, I really like, I, I could see me putting the Magneto in one of those 4MS pods, but it, I think it might be too thick for that. Well, oh, they, no, they, they have, got the newer ones that came out, right? Yeah, There's, you're right. They yeah. have the newer ones now. Yeah. But that thing, I could see that being in its own standalone box for me. Um, that thing yep, just sounds amazing. That. And it's basically the same um, with the Volante pedal, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have to give you your, your big sky back, but um, I'm just yeah, not. Yeah, I'm you, just gonna, not I don't, you don't have to finish that sentence because you're just going to say something that's going to make mean that you ain't going <laughs> to. I'm just not in a rush. <laughs> that's all you're going to do. <laughs> I'm just not in a rush is all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> right. Man, I'll yeah. be honest with you, man. Like, it's. So I have the H9 and I'm really enjoying it, uh, and, and I plan on showing some use case stuff with that soon. Um, I still think I'm gonna look into the uh, what is it, the Empress uh, reverb, and I want to AB that with the Big Sky because I still the Big Sky still gives me that special something that I like. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's man, little- you need to get a Zoya, man. 
you could just make that reverb with the Zoya. The lack, the lack of onboard knobs is what irks me about that. Lack of onboard knobs, you got. You can make the knobs. <laughs> no, no. What are you talking about on the Zoya, though, right? I know, I know, but <laughs> it's on the pads. You hit the pad and you turn the knob. That's true. <laughs> it's just like having the that one knob. It literally, it's everything. It's the data knob. Yeah, and you so hit whatever you hit pad, pad for you hit the pad. You turn all, right, it off, right? all right, all right, hold on. Look at how frustrated he is. He's so mad at me right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, you done made him mess up everything. Said, hold on, all right, hold listen, on. listen. <laughs> so you have all your knobs, bro. You hit this. Oh, yeah, I wanna, I wanna change the delay. Oh, I wanna change the feedback. Oh, I wanna change the the mod rate. Whatever. It's all there. <laughs> uh, all right, maybe I'll buy one. You know what? I got an idea. What, what is, what, he's killing himself over there. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You send me 50 bucks, I'll go buy one. Uh, all right, you send me 100 and I'll buy that Studio One console. Or that <laughs> console <laughs> one. Yo, wait, why y'all math is so like that? It ain't none of that going to get y'all none of that. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about justification, baby. Right, like he gave me fifty dollars for this. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll help. Fifty dollar discount code. Baby, right? I, had to, I had to buy. He gave me, he gave me fifty dollars that could only be used towards that. I had to do it. Otherwise, right. I'm the. Yeah. He gave me fifty dollars towards a one thousand dollar thing. So I had to buy it. That's right. That's that's how it works in his household. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'll say the Zoya. The thing to me is like. As much as I love the 301, the 301 is all about like digging in and building your own custom stuff. Zoe is the same way. Yeah. And like, man, yeah, it's, I, I just keep trying to psych myself out again. So one. look, I'm going to be 100 with you. I have not dug into the Zoya at all. I've been literally using it like a normal effects. Like, I'll just mm -hmm. go in there, I'll drop a delay. I'll drop a reverb, I'll drop a flanger or a tremolo or something like that, and then maybe like a cabinet sim, and then I'm good. I'm not like going crazy. I'm literally just using it as like another effects module that I can, you know, customize to what I want to be. So I haven't gone in and like made any sequencers or anything like that. That's not really what I want it for. I just I actually was pretty surprised to see so many people are using the sequence and stuff and not really making incredible what well, people are. But it seems like there's more people doing sequence and stuff and internal synth stuff than they are making incredible effects chains. Right. Because it's billed as like that, the 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 most the ultimate effects module that right. you know what I mean? Build your own things and people are more or less using it like, yo, it's a dope sequencer and synth internally. It does do that thing where I really wanted a critter and guitari organelle for a long time. And the fact that it, it kind of does a lot of um you know a lot you know the whole um what is it called? What's that code type called that it can run? Oh, um, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, Play something? What is it? Oh, I don't know. Not Max. What is it? Um, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I do. Anyway, uh, so me. the fact that it can run those is has me very interested. But then the Organelle version 2 is out, and I'm like, ooh, I want that. Pure data. That's it. Thank you. Pure data. data. Yeah. Yeah. 
Marco for the win. He gets the prize. Uh, yeah, so the, Zoya, the Zoya definitely interests me. And, and you, you two both have it, and uh, Steel has it, and I'm left out. Yeah, it's what? dope, man. It's dope. Oh, I don't like being left out. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds Yo, great on the grandmother, too, bro. Are you still using your black box much, and, and how are you getting along with that thing? Um, I was using it more when I was traveling, but you know what was cool is I had lunch with Aaron from 1010 Music, and he he gave me some one-on-one, like, yeah, just some quick run around on it, and so I got like a five things video that's coming on it, five things that I really dig about it, uh, that is actually pretty dope, like the uh, granular stuff, um, um, I wish it had more built-in effects, but it, it doesn't. It would be really dope if there were more built-in effects. I would love to see that come to it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful little box, man. So Aaron Aaron Higgins, the the creator of that, he seems to be pretty on point as far as um, updating his modules and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I, I, I would I would wonder if that's something that he updates on it as far as like doing effects. Does it have any reverbs or anything like that? It has a delay and a reverb, basically, and that's that's pretty much it. But you know, you you uh, can assign it to the different pads and, you know, you can get some pretty good stuff out of it. And so another thing is what really sounds good is doing a sample pad, putting it as granular um, and then throwing a delay on that while you kind of modulate the, the the movement of the grains. It's it's real dope to have that. that. The I granular mean, stuff has like me that. really interested. Yeah, the granular yeah. stuff. And that's fairly newer to, to that platform, right? Yeah, it's just a few weeks. Like, yeah, it's, so it's that's what I'm saying. Like, a month old. And knowing, knowing his history, like, I'm actually planning on doing an interview with him soon because he actually has a really deep synth history as far as, like, other products that he's done that people probably aren't aware of. So I kind of want to um, do an interview with that guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the the idea that like he's the guy behind it it's like when you know that there's certain really interesting in- engineers behind products and developers behind products yeah. you're like oh i kind of want to get that because i know that this isn't just some chump that's going to release a product and then it's going to disappear you know what i mean yeah. it's like yeah this, guy, this guy's legit you know yeah he yeah he actually you know what when i sat with him for lunch i was like damn this should be on the beat people podcast right because we were i was kind of digging in and finding out more about him and uh, companies that he's owned before that in music purchased and that he created companies that in music has purchased. And so you'll probably, I would imagine, I don't know much about the products that came from the company that they purchased, but I would imagine they purchased it so that they could use his products and the other, you know, cause that's how in music does it music yeah. purchase the company. And then next thing you know, all that company stuff ends up in the MPC. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? for, those who, for those who don't know, in music is basically who owns Akai, Newmark, Alesis. Um, who else? Do they, do they still own Pro Tools? Who? Pro Tools. Pro Tools? I don't Avid. know, but they do. They did. They, I, they owned Avid at one point. I don't know if they mm-hmm. still do or not. Anyway, yeah, they I own a whole, they it's a whole conglomerate. You know what I mean? Yes, it's kind of like how Behringer has uh, Behringer is Music Tribe, and they've got you know Midas and all that stuff. It's kind of the same thing, except it's you know in music is different. And and what I love about it the most is that Roger Lynn has eternal beef with the dude that owns in music. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, he's not the only one. From what I understand, a lot of people do. So yeah, um, it's true. And, and really? it's it's kind of like a lot of these these heads of these companies run well, a lot of the NPC. So. Well, yeah. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find the link. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, interview. put it this way. I'm not gonna put my friends on blast that have beef with that guy. So I'm not gonna comment any further on it. But I know a lot of people who have beef with that guy. So I'm just not even gonna go down that road. Uh, well, I'm gonna put the link to um to the to the interview on B Boy Tech Report with Roger Lynn because he he'll tell you himself what he got beef with him for. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I it, you can google it and it's it's very um there's a yeah. It's it's common thing. But I mean yeah. This is also one of those things where I I try to be like, you know, even even when I hear like a lot of the negative things a lot of these heads of companies do, I'm also like trying to not be overly judgmental about a lot of these guys because because yeah, business is business and i don't know the inner workings of their business right like there's always, well there's things. always two sides to the story and i'm not necessarily saying that i don't take up the side of my friends that that have specifically had these interactions i'm just saying that for instance and, and i think maybe this is something we should bring up on the show is the whole vcv my rack thing which we can get into in a minute but my point being is is like there's a lot of like of the fan base and community base of like synthesizers and drum machines and all that stuff that will champion one person and put down another person when they don't realize that like a lot of the times the people that they champion have done some really shitty things too. You know what I mean? Yeah, similar to the stuff that and, they put And down, a lot yeah. of the times the people that are like, you know, trying to be the bigger person or whatever about it just simply don't speak on it like you know mm -hmm. a, a lot of the negative thing there are certain people that are held up in the community as as saviors of synthesis and saviors of drum machines and saviors of this and that but i know from behind the scenes that they've done some nasty nasty things but you know what we just don't talk about it you know, mm -hmm. so I don't like the whole idea of like, oh, put the public drama out there and then let the community be judge, jury, and executor, executioner on it because it's like, yeah, you don't I, know I, the full backstory. You, you weren't I, there. I totally can't stand this VCV rack controversy stuff that's going on because yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, it just it just feels like, yo, why are we airing out the dirty laundry like this and. How is there beef when you had and hey if, uh, and and I met the dudes from VCV Rack a couple of years ago when VCV Rack came out. If they want to come on the show and talk about it, that's cool because I want to know if you put out this incredibly dope software um, mm -hmm. for um, <clears throat> with a with a license that is open, open source. source. Yeah. How do we get to a point where somebody used your open source to do what, what you could do with an open source license? How do we get to a point where there's beef and, so and I should probably, immorality and, and unethical stuff? Like it, it I, Maybe I just don't get it. But so I, I, should, I should probably just real quick for the audience so they understand. So yeah. there were two things, two articles that came out, right? One came from Andrew, the guy behind VCV Rack, and one came from Vitaly. The guy behind yeah. my rack, which is the iOS, not VCV rack, right? Which, you know, for all intents and purposes, those of us who use VCV rack, it's VCV rack on yeah. iPad. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, but it's, you know, so uh, essentially, 
uh, and I'm giving the very bare gist of it. There's two articles. Please just Google it, and, and I'm sure you can find it. You you all are big boys now and big ladies, so you can figure out how to uh, Google shit, you know. Uh, but <laughs> so essentially, I don't know the timeline. I think it was Andrew's article came out first, and then Vitaly's response came out, but I'm not 100% on that. So I'll just say this. So Andrew's article came out basically saying, you know, here's my feelings on licensing was the title of it. He didn't even mention my rack so much as he said licensing. And then he goes into what his um, open source licensing is for VCV rack mm -hmm. and explains how it interacts with my rack. Right. So he basically says that uh, my uh, VCV rack up until version 0.6 was this one sort of open source code and everything was fine and dandy. But then as they moved towards 1.0, they switched it to a different open source license. Okay. And when he did that, um, you know, that's that there was a fork of development. Vitaly used the source code. That was the old open source license, right? right? That he was and allowed open to source. License, which means you have the, you can take that. Everything code was legal. And use what it. saying, it's legal right? to use that code and make your, you know, to build. Right. So anyway, so everything was legal, and and in both articles, they both state, you know, everything was legal. The question though was about moral and ethics, right? Of, it's not just whether or not it's legal, but are you doing right by the people and the intent, right? It, is what it comes down to, and. Mm -hmm. Grayscale, which is a Eurorack manufacturer and faceplate manufacturer and designer, is the guy who did all the artwork for VCV Rack. And apparently he had issue with the stuff that Vitaly was doing with my rack, saying that the artwork was too close. Vitaly saying, like, I'm I'm kind of hamstrung on that because the source code is written in a specific way to where the knobs are in a specific placement. So my artwork has to look this way. Uh, so basically they were fighting back and forth about you know, what was ethical, what was legal and, you know, what was basically stealing and what wasn't and where credit should lie, all that kind of good stuff. Right. Keep in mind, my rack costs money, whereas VCV rack is completely free unless you buy individual module packs, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so essentially, they both put their business out there on the Internet and they both put out their side of the story out there on the Internet. And then the community is left to fight over it. Right. To say, oh, well, you're an asshole if you use this software or you're an asshole if you use this software or, or I support this person or I support that person, which, in my opinion, is lame on both sides. Because Why not just use them both? You're going to have well, a free it, one on your computer where you can buy the modules. Sides. And then if you want to use it on your iPad, then just buy it. I mean, the dude took his time to make that. <laughs> you know, he right. took his, his time to code this for the iPad. So all y'all motherfuckers that don't really have the modules can use it on your iPad. So, so they, they both kind of present these arguments, right? And one person is presenting snippets of emails and the other person is presenting their, their version of it, you know, and they're both fighting over artwork and this and that. And it's like, at the end of the day, you know, they're kind of leaving it out there for like, and even in some of the emails, they're kind of saying, oh, well, you know, this will go out to the community. And we all know how reactionary the community is to begin with. And it's yeah. like, in my opinion, that's just, 
it's really ugly that the community is being left up to decide the to decide these things in a way when realistically neither one was actually a party to the situation and we're all only getting a quarter of the story from each person you know what i mean and it's like you know what at the end of the day that's that is why things are legal and not legal you know what i mean and if you do have these problems you should you know you know um and it's Myrax spelled with an M-I. I don't want to get it confused with Justin Myrax. Shout out Justin Myrax. Yeah, so people go beating up <laughs> Justin Myrax like, why are you messing with the modular dudes this way? <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, it's like, dude, when, when these type of issues come up, it's like it's really not fair to leave it up to the layman community. Like, no, if there's a legit real issue, you know, lawyer up. Like, and, and I know that that's an ugly thing to say too, because I know what's involved in that. I've been there. I've had my own products ripped off. You know what I mean? I've, mm-hmm. I've seen that happen. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. It makes you feel like shit. But at the same time, I'm not going out there and telling people not to use the product of mine that got ripped off. Like I'm not doing that because it's not, it's not, that's not my place. And it's not, it's really, it's not for the community to have to deal with. You know, so here's the, here's the, Dirty, the thing. Look, Derek is in there saying, hey, did did my violate the license? And again, it gets back to that's not up for us to decide. That's for a court to decide. You know, mm-hmm. if, if by reading the two articles, I would say probably not. But I'm also not a lawyer and I'm not a judge. So no, I'm, it says in the article specifically that they didn't violate any license agreements. Yeah. By using that code. Well, yeah, but but also if you read, um, if you so that's from one side of the story. But if you read the emails from Grayscale, he was pretty pissed off, and it's like he might be saying a different thing. So, again, like I'm not I'm not in court, and I'm not going to play judge over these things because I don't know these right. people personally. I don't no know. I'm not doing that, and I think, <laughs> I think it's crappy that that they try to lay it on the community in a way to to put to pit the community against itself like that is is just whack yeah that that is not cool by any stretch of imagination and what i will say is um the discrepancy here is is there a legal violation of the license doesn't seem that way is there some moral obligations being brought up or some ethical obligations being brought up ethical issues being brought up looks like that's what the real controversy comes down to but the reality is it uh and any good lawyer could probably argue to the contrary but in my mind it seems like the reality is the dude used open source code to put out a commercial product mm-hmm. so whether or not that's a problem, I think you got to go read through the the the, the uh, license, the open source license. Yeah, so. that whole but the whole thing of like you know they kept referencing like the moral and ethical side of it, and it's like like I kind of get it because it, in Andrew's post he talks about how like in hindsight I wish I hadn't have done it this way. I wish there, I had done my thing. Boom. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like okay, so you wish you had done it that way. That's a, that's an honest mistake. Like move on. But now it's like out there in the community for the community to play this this you know version of of ethical judge. And I think that that's just lame. Like I don't like I don't like the idea of like pitting the community against each other. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that it's right to air that kind of stuff out in public, especially if they started in a private email and private discussions. And now we somebody got butt hurt and was like, I'm putting this out to the community. Pretty much. It feels that way. It feels like it feels like watching. You know how how all the reality shows have the reunions and on all the reunions, they end up fighting and sharing private emails and text messages. (laughs) I'm like. How do we get here? Like that don't make sense. Right. Y'all need to continue to have private discussions, and if it gets leaked out, I guess I guess they feel some sort of obligation to let the community know. But the tough thing about that is that the community can draw conclusions that won't necessarily be right, and somebody can be demonized unfairly. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is it's like, you know, it the way that both of those things were left open was it was like. You know, it, it, it was left as very much like a, this is what happened and you can kind of decide. But I will say to Andrew's credit, he was he made the article very much informative as far as like, hey, this is how your your licensing should be. And um, this is why, you know, this is why I implore you to do your licensing as such. And that was a really good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And, and yeah. so I'd like to be able to close that out by saying. Hey, there's no, for me, I don't, I'm not taking sides on that thing, but it's an interesting sort of situation. I probably would have handled it very different if I was in the situation, but uh, mad respect to both of those camps because they they brought something to market that is hugely beneficial to the the communities. So that's between them to figure out what the, what anything else is. Um, and yo, on that note, I think we've been on for, uh, let's see, I, I can't see it. Hour 26. Hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, close it out. If y'all got anything y'all want to pub up before we get out of here. Let me close out first. Cause my wife is giving me the look and I got to get out of here. So, uh, let me just say, what? Uh, has to go. yeah, man, we got <laughs> pumpkin carving and stuff to get, to get dealt with. So, uh, there let me just go. say real quick, everybody stop being assholes and peace. word hey and so uh yo check out my um b-boy tech report instagram because i'm gonna be doing a live stream on on a uh radio station out in pomona california tomorrow at 7 p.m pacific um it'll probably be just like 20 to 30 minutes of a live stream mod that beat set but yo if you want to check it out go on my um youtube uh not youtube but go on my instagram channel and you'll be able to see the information there in my story so yeah hope to hang out tomorrow with y'all yeah that's what's up man i'm out of here too about to go eat some lunch uh might do a little live stream tonight later on so i'll post that up on my ig page and let y'all know if i'm gonna do that and uh your live streams always be cold thanks bro appreciate that (laughs) all right bro all right i'll talk to y'all later y'all have a good day have a good weekend all right peace everybody